Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. On the next edition of This Lady Loves Sports, our special guest is saxophonist Eric Darius, who also just happens to be a fantasy football fanatic. Let's go! Welcome to This Lady Loves Sports Podcast with Pat Prescott. Sports. She knows it all and is here to talk about it. So get ready to hear sports talk in a way that you've never heard before. It's This Lady Loves Sports Podcast. And here's your host, Pat Prescott. This is Pat Prescott, and today my special guest is a very dear friend. We've known each other for many, many years. I'm a huge fan of his music. He is one of the premier saxophonists. I, I want to say in jazz, but what he does encompasses so much more. He's got a whole R&B vibe. He's got some Caribbean flavor in there as well. He does some singing along with playing the saxophone and is also one of my famous friends who's a big, big sports fan. I'd like to welcome Eric Darius Hello. to the podcast. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? Thanks for having me this morning. This is awesome. Now, you knew I was a sports fan. Yes, for absolutely. For a long time. And you know I'm a huge yeah. sports fan. Because we talk sports all the time. we got to talk about uh, Eric's new project, too. Can't let him get away without talking about Breaking <laughs> Through, which is a fantastic new release that he has. But let's talk a little bit about how you fell in love with sports. Were you an athlete growing up? I was. Um, I love all type of sports growing up. Um, my first thing that I really got into was Taekwondo when I was seven years old. And uh, I've always loved sports and athletics. And then I really got into basketball. I was following the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. And uh, by the time I got to high school, I was playing on the varsity basketball team. I was on the basketball team, soccer team, and track team throughout high school. And sports has always been a big part of just everything that I do. Even to this day, I still love to play basketball. I like to stay fit and stay active. And I keep up with everything that happens with sports. Sports, football, basketball, I mean, the whole nine. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of things, and you know a great deal of detail about what's going on. <laughs> I do. But let's talk some more about your, your high school experience. I mean, was, was your team a really good one? Were you like a big star? Or, <laughs> or, and, and how was that working with you also becoming a musician? Because I know you started playing around then, too, didn't you? Yeah, it was a tough balance because, you know, by the time I was 13 years old, I was performing, playing bars, weddings, clubs, parties. I was doing over 100 shows 14. a year. Over 100 shows a year as How'd a 13-year-old. How'd they let you old. in the bar? <laughs> I was I there mean, with my parents. When you, were, when you were 21, you didn't really look your age then. You looked younger than that. <laughs> well, fortunately, you know, they, they were cool. You know, my parents were, were obviously there. My dad was my manager, and he was always there everywhere I went. And this and, was uh, in Florida, right? This was in Florida. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Tampa. 
And uh, so, you know, I was very active with, you know, performing from the time I was 13 years old all the way on up. Um, But I've always been passionate about sports. So I wanted to still have time to be able to do everything I love to do. So, you know, being on the basketball team, it was a tough balance because that was also the same time of football season. So I was in the marching band. So I literally jumped from throwing my marching band outfit off to putting on my basketball shorts and hitting the gym. Uh, But I loved it. You know, sports is something that that keeps me active. It keeps me fit. And as a as a musician, they go hand in hand. You know, when you see me perform, I'm high energy. I'm jumping. I'm out in the audience. That's true. But it's because I incorporate the sport athletic aspect of who I am into what I do as a performer. So, you know, it's always been a tough balance because at one point I thought basketball was my passion. But music completely superseded that Um you know, really by the time I was about 14 years old, and that was it. Yeah. So now when you were on the, the basketball team, I mean, were you all any good? I was. Well, our team wasn't that good. I went to performing arts high school, Blake High School, and we had the top jazz program in the country. Uh, the arts, fine arts was unbelievable. Our sports, not so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we didn't have that great of a team, um, but we had great players, great coaching and staff system, and, you know, gave me a great opportunity just to play and have fun. Did you ever have any outstanding games? I mean, what was your what was your... Your high game. I think my high game was 32 points. That's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. You know, I was playing in a bunch of rec leagues also Mm -hmm. around that same time, too. And I was on some incredible teams there. And we were balling. You know, I was scoring (laughs) over 40 points, (laughs) five steals, 10 rebounds, about five assists. Uh, But I love sports. Love basketball in particular. Did you ever play with anybody that, like, went on to play at the highest levels? Yeah, actually, um... Good friends of mine, they went to a school in Brandon, Bloomingdale, and uh, there were twins, the Graham brothers, Joey and Stephen Graham. Um, They went to Oklahoma State. We played basketball growing up together. Then they went to the NBA. Uh, Joey was playing for the Spurs for a while, and Stephen, I think, was playing for the Pacers. They're not in the league anymore. I think they're playing overseas now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was cool to see, you know, guys that I grew up with that that made it to the big time. And I always think to myself, hmm, I wonder if I stuck with it, um, what would have happened. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot, lot of people have those what ifs, though, when you have a couple of different ways that you can go with your life. You know, you got to pick something. Right. And I guess you always have in the back of your head, you know, the, those questions. Absolutely. Of what what could have happened for you there? Now, was your was the rest of people in your family were they into sports as well? Yeah, yeah, huge. My brother played sports as well. We were on a basketball team together in the rec leagues. Uh, he's a few years older than me, so we didn't really get to play, you know, together in high school. Um, but my sister played softball. Um, she played a little bit of basketball as well. My dad played basketball just recreationally, just at the house. We had a basketball court in the backyard, um, and I love to play football. But my mom really didn't want me to play football in high school because she didn't want me to. Get Get injured, which was probably a good thing because I wouldn't be able to play my instrument had I been playing football. Yeah, um, but I, I love watching football and supporting that as well. Oh, I think that's that's really cool. Now, when did you decide that the music was gonna win over the sports? And and was there like a seminal moment where that became real to you that you had <laughs> to make that decision? Well, I mean, I think the moment that I knew that I wanted to play the saxophone for the rest of my life and pursue this as a career was when I was 11. I was in America's Youngest Jazz Band, bands from ages 5 through 12, and it was literally a big band. We were playing Count Basie, Duke Ellington, um, a lot of swing, old-school jazz, and we were performing at the Moncho Jazz Festival in Switzerland, and I was in front of thousands of people as as an 11-year-old, and I just remember that feeling of just being in front of all these people. None of them spoke English, but seeing them smiling and dancing and clapping, 
I, I realized that music is this universal language uh, that everybody can relate to. So that was really the moment that I knew that I wanted to play the saxophone for the rest of my life. Um, but it wasn't really until um, high school, because again, I was so passionate about basketball as well. Um, once I started working on my first album, Cruisin', I was a junior in high school at the time, I was 16, and I was in the studio and just going through that process and writing and creating music, I was like, okay, this is it. Basketball is going to have to take a back seat because this is what I love to do. Music was number one at that point. But, you know, when you are a sports fan, I mean, it, you know, it can either consume your life or it'll be part of your life. It's not going to really go anywhere. And and I know that a lot of people who actually have played, you know, and then don't still love sports and watch them all the time. And certainly we live in era now where it's it, there's so much that I remember when there used to be like one game a week, right? <laughs> you know, now it's like everything. And if you've got like we like we do, you know, we've got NFL Sunday ticket. Uh-huh. I mean, there's some decisions have to be made. Oh yeah, on major football decisions. Sundays, you know what I mean? So <laughs> a lot of so so. How do you watch? Um, I watch at home. I mean, I'm rarely home, but when I am, you know, I'm, I'm definitely watching the red zone. I'm watching all the games that's going on. And when I'm on the road, I'm on my computer. You know, I try to stream the games live um, and I keep up with fantasy football as well. I'm huge I into fantasy football. I you are huge into fantasy football. And so. we need to speak about that because um, here's my question to the fantasy football fanatics. Do you think you really own a team? <laughs> it, you realize it is a fantasy, right? <laughs> you know, sometimes I forget because I just get so consumed by it. I'm doing research. I'm trying to find out who's injured, who's playing, what the matchups are. Um, I mean, it's so intense. You know, before I was just, you know, playing football pools with friends. And, you know, that can get pretty intense. But fantasy football is a whole nother thing. Um, all right, know, so walk us through the process. Now, how does this whole thing work with the drafting and all that other stuff? And how do you get how do you get involved with the league that you're involved with and, and all of that? Well, from the beginning, you know, some friends were telling me about fantasy football maybe about five years ago. But I was like, you know what, that seems like it's too much it's too time consuming. I don't have time to keep up with players to see who's doing what, to see who's injured. Um, so I'll just kind of stick to my pool because the pool was easy. I could just kind of pick whatever team I think was going to win that weekend. So finally, I took the plunge about five years ago and joined my first fantasy football league. And it was with just a group of friends. It was about 10 of us. And I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know I was supposed to take players in and put them out. You know, we didn't draft right, in they that get hurt, particular and if league. You, if you've got somebody that's not playing... Right. On your team. So I made no, no moves at, at any point, the even, whole even on bye weeks or anything. <laughs> I didn't change out any players. I didn't pick up any guys <laughs> off the waiver. So I just kept my team the way it was because um, I just didn't know what I was doing. I guess but you the, didn't win that season. Huh? I did. Are you serious? <laughs> I did. The first year I played five years ago, my team was balling out of control. And like I said, I <laughs> didn't did nothing. Any, I did nothing. I didn't move anybody. I didn't put anybody on the bench. Um, so how did that happen, Eric? I got lucky. I guess, you know, the players I had, nobody really got injured. Um, even on the bye weeks, I guess the guys were still playing well enough to kind of make up for the, the guys that yeah. weren't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when they were injured, because like I said, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, so it wasn't until year number two that I really started to understand it and I started drafting and I was looking into all the details that's when I really got into it so year number one um what did, what did you win um I think I won five hundred dollars 
Yeah, it wasn't, you know, a huge money pot, but it mm-hmm. was enough that, you know, it kept me interested. Especially since you hadn't done anything. Right. It was like you got paid for doing nothing. Exactly. I'm like, this is a little <laughs> part-time hustle. <laughs> hey, that was just like a gig, right? Right. Except it took you a whole season to make what it could take you, you know, right. a, a couple of songs to make. <laughs> All right, so now the second season when you um, got more involved in it, um, now, remember, you said in the beginning that it just looked like it was going to be too time consuming for you. But then right. it became even more time consuming. It huh? did. You know, and unfortunately, it kind of becomes an obsession to a to a certain degree because you're just so consumed by it. You want to see who's playing, who's active, who's injured, what the matchups are. And then that's when I really started analyzing it, you know, trying to decide, OK, who do I want to draft this season? Who's available? Um, and, you know, it just got really intense, you know, from the time. <laughs> From year two to now, it's crazy. So how many years is it now that you've been playing? I've been playing for about five years now. And have you won any other seasons? I have besides not. Besides that first one? <laughs> you ever considered going back to your original plan? Just you know, sign I, up and <laughs> draft I, I and don't change that. anything? <laughs> I thought about that, but you know, I'm just too... Now you can't. Though. I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> you know too much now. I know way too much now, so it, it's really a science and just trying to you know, make the right moves. You to, probably know too much for your own good at this point. I do. Point. I really do. Are you using analytics? I am. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if this is good training for actually for people who are going to go on and be in management. I wonder if people who are involved in actual, they're getting paid for it, sports management, you know, or or running a team or something are – but a lot of people are are fantasy fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And all kinds of different echelons. There's so much math and scientific – approaches to you know the game that you kind of look into so when you're really hardcore into it you're really analyzing everything you know beyond just you know the players so maybe it does help in some way with business sense i don't know but well here's the thing does it do you think that at some point that being involved in not just fantasy but pools of any kind and and uh, wagering and all that stuff does it at some point ruin your enjoyment of the sport because how much can you watch the game when you're watching players i mean they're making it easier for you to do it i mean you know they've got uh, on the scroll below you can see what your players are who's who the leaders are you know and in all the different positions and everything so you can watch that but when you're watching the scroll can you really watch the game not really and that's the unfortunate thing that's the downside you know about it you get so consumed with each individual player that you're not really enjoying the game you know you're so worried about the next play and how it's going to affect your team um, that it becomes a whole different thing so I try to find this balance of where I'm still enjoying the game for what it is um, because I just enjoy sports period so I enjoy watching the game but I try not to let the fantasy football side take over too much that I'm not enjoying watching the game anymore but sometimes it's literally you know madness when you're playing the pool and fantasy at the same time because you want your team to score, <laughs> but you still want them to lose. So it's like you're you're fighting against yourself constantly. So now I've made the decision. I'm either going to do one or the other. So I'm not doing the pool anymore. I'm just doing fantasy. So because it just became too stressful. Yeah, because we tried to get you into our pool and you were like, Nah, I'm doing fantasy. I got to do that. You know what? I think fantasy is great though for people who have a team. Their favorite team is it really sucks. Right. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> because you need something to cheer for that's me <laughs> when you got a bad team i'm a tampa bay buccaneers yeah, fan let's talk about your teams okay <laughs> well you should be okay you should have been happy at least with the beginning of the season oh yeah you know that that looked pretty good so far 
But your team has been through a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, they have, you know, and I think even from the beginning, just when I started getting into sports, even beyond just being a team fan, I was more of an individual you know, fan. And so who were your, your players back so then? So back in the day, you know, on the football side of things, it was really Peyton Manning. And how that came about was I was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan just growing up in Tampa. Um, but even more so, I was a Tony Dungy fan. I just oh, love yeah. the coach. I've done a few events for him in the past. And I just loved everything that he represented and stood for. So once he went over to the Indianapolis Colts, you know, I kind of followed him there because I was just so loyal to him as a coach and a human being. So so by default, I became an Indianapolis Colts fan. Peyton Manning, I, I loved him as a quarterback. And yeah, hard not he to was. like him, just watching him. I know. was just a huge fan of his game. Um, so I became a hardcore Indianapolis Colts fan. You know, I was still supporting the Bucks. Um, but but there know, wasn't a whole lot to support. There was back not then. a lot to support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was all in on the Colts at that time. So uh, really, from that time, you know, Dungy went there and he retired. But I still remained a Peyton Manning fan until he went to Denver. Uh, still followed him there until he retired. So now that he's not in the game anymore, I'm kind of trying to figure out, okay, what team am I, you know, passionate about or following? So I'm still supporting the Bucks, you know, and I, I like what they're doing so far. Um, but I don't really have a team team that I'm, you know, really passionate about right now. How about basketball and baseball? Who were your teams there? Uh, basketball, growing up, it was the Bulls. And mm-hmm. it was because of Scottie Pippen, because my game was kind of similar to his on the court. You know, I think I was kind of a cross between Jordan and Pippen on the court because, you know, I had speed. My game was built on speed, but I also loved to, you know, contribute and get other players involved. Um, so I really identified with Pippen at that time. Um, and so what position were you playing? I was playing shooting guard. Okay. I, I would alternate between shooting guard and point guard. Mm-hmm. And Scotty Pippen played all positions. So I, I liked the way, you know, I loved his game. Um, so once Pippen retired, again, I was lost. I was trying to figure out what team I wanted to start supporting. I kind of liked the Orlando Magic. I liked Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway at the time. Um, but it wasn't until LeBron James came around because I was kind of, I had my eye on him. I was watching him in, fo- you know, in high school. We were around the same age. I was like, man I can't wait to see what he does when he gets to the pros and once he got to to Cleveland that was it I'm a hardcore LeBron James fan I love everything that he does on and off the court yeah he's easy to like Uh, yeah yeah, uh, easy to like and easy to respect as well you know we don't always necessarily respect our sports heroes right Uh, but certainly this guy he gives you a lot to work with he does in in that arena Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people, you know, they like to throw a lot of shade and hate on guys, but I just love everything that he stands for. You know, he's never getting into trouble off the court. Everything he does on the court, I mean, he's one of the best to ever play the game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just truly respect what he does and what he brings. Have you ever met him? I haven't. Not yet. Mm -hmm. Not yet. But Who's who's the biggest sports personality you've met that, I mean, that you really cared about, that you're like, oh my Uh, God. Let's see. <laughs> um, man, I've met quite a bit of them. Uh, Julius Irving is is one of them. Uh, we've actually become really good friends over the years. He's a real cool guy, and he's how, really How did into that jazz. happen that you've become friends? Um, actually, I was performing in Atlanta, and a good fr- good friends of mine that were coming to my show were friends of his, and they invited him to come see me because I guess he'd been listening to my music. Um, so this was probably six years ago or so. 
he came out to my show in Atlanta and um, you know he came up to me after the show and we hung out for a little bit had a drink and that was really the, the beginning of a good friendship over the years so I'd probably say he's at the top of the list what was that like I mean you're sitting there that first time I'm sitting having drinks with Dr. J oh my god <laughs> I was just kind of pinching myself you know because you know by the time Dr. J retired that you know it was a different generation because when I started watching sports Hewitt was already had retired at that point but I would kind of go back into the archives and because I like to study sports I study everything that I'm passionate about and I just wanted to understand where you know where these guys came from and how the game has evolved over the years and then I really got into Dr. J's game and I loved you know just the way he played um so having the opportunity to to not only meet him but become good friends with him was just you know i yeah, still pinch myself yeah. yeah i'm like wow <laughs> this is unbelievable <laughs> all right what about baseball who's your baseball team baseball you know I, I follow baseball but i haven't really been super passionate about it um you know obviously i, I support all tampa sports you know so I, I support the tampa bay rays again they haven't been very good <laughs> in a long time um but I, I i like the yankees you know I, I was born in new jersey you know we moved to florida when i was about three years old um so i was watching a little bit of baseball but the yankees were were it you know at that time so i kind of supported them yeah. Well, I know you've managed to keep a, a really great career going. When I first met you, you were in college trying to decide whether you finish college, trying to decide whether you marry your high school girlfriend <laughs> yeah. and all the kinds of crazy things that you're thinking about at that point in your life. But mostly you were thinking about playing music and Boy, you really burst onto the scene in a very special way. I know a lot of people first saw you performing as part of the Brian Culbertson band. Right. And I know that Brian has always been really supportive of you. And you kind of graduated from there and, and started <laughs> your own career right. in music. And now, full circle, you've, you've got a, a brand new release out called Breaking Through. It's available on Apple Music and on iTunes. We're seeing you everywhere on the covers of magazines. <laughs> <laughs> and and everything like that and really starting your own record label too. talk a little bit about what your musical life is like today. Wow. Well, you know, it's been an amazing journey. I've been very blessed. You know, so many great experiences from the people that I, you know, have had the opportunity to share the stage with, from Prince to Mary J. Blige, Carlos Santana, David Foster, uh, Jamie Foxx, George Benson, you know, people that I just idolized, you know, growing up. And, um, you know, now having released six albums, you know, I felt like the time was right for me to start my own record label and release music as an independent artist because there's a certain level of creativity and freedom that you get as an independent artist that you you don't get being signed to a record label you know and after six albums i felt like the time was right and uh, so i did launch my label it's called sagittarius music i'm a sagittarius <laughs> so i put a little twist and on you're it. an eric darius <laughs> so right. i think that's really clever <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, so I, I launched the label. You know, it was, a, it was a big leap of faith, you know, because, you know, I did study business in school. I went to University of South Florida, studied music and business. And so I've always applied, you know, the business aspect and knowledge to my career with decisions that I make from management to booking to the people I work with to the financial side of things. So I, I really had a, a good grasp and understanding of the business of music. Um, and, you know, with technology and the way the music business is changing, there's so many more opportunities now for independent artists to, to be heard and to, to be seen in 
innovative ways. So with this new label, you know, this was kind of a new opportunity for me to to relaunch myself, to rebrand myself. You know, I want to keep evolving as an artist. You know, my music is jazz, hip hop, R and B, pop, rock, gospel, funk, reggae, yeah, Latin. Yeah, everything. You, you got it, it all in there. It kind of <laughs> brings all these things together because I listen to all styles of music, and you know, I figured as an independent artist now, I can really do exactly what it is that I want to do and make music directly for the fans and be able to deliver it directly from you know my heart to their ears uh, so it's been an amazing journey you know a lot of ups and downs i've learned a lot with running this record label but you know this has probably been the most rewarding thing i've ever done so far in my career and this new album i think is uh, a result of that you know this is by far i think my best work well, you've got a, a lot of range, and you hear it all on Breaking Through. I mean, you, you get to do a little bit of some of everything. Right. And I guess not having to ask for permission to do it is kind of <laughs> helpful, isn't it? It's very helpful. It's very helpful. I have to answer to myself, you know, and, and that's the thing. And to your fans, because, I mean, they're the ones who you care about. They're the ones who will respond. And, and you know, we are talking about in sports, analytics and research and all that stuff. You know, that's great, but there is something about that connection between the fan right. and the, the person that they admire, be it music, be it athletics or whatever, Absolutely. That, that, that no analytics can touch. There are things that can happen in the moment in sports that just defy ability and yep. and expectation. You know, 100% right. When you see, you know, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take apart the New England Patriots, which is, right. you know, when something like that happens, like it did earlier <laughs> this year, you know, you, you're like, wow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of magical. You can't it predict is. what's going to go on with that. And it's the same yeah. exact thing with music. I mean, the connection that I have with my fans, you know, there's nothing like it. You know, that's truly why I do what I do is because of the fans. You know, from day one, like I said, when I was 11 years old, be in front of thousands of people and just being able to connect with these people, that's what few and drives me as a an, as an artist yeah. and I want to keep you know bring in 110% to the table for these fans because they're amazing well a couple of things I want to ask you about uh, in, in before we wrap up today one of them is I know um, that you are married now and that you have a, a lovely just amazing wife Lynn is is a pretty incredible person she is um, and I know that uh, She's somebody who supports you in everything that you do. Uh, but I want to know what she thinks about fantasy football. <laughs> That's what I want to hear right now. <laughs> How's that working for you? Uh, it's it's working, but, you know, she, she, well, the thing about her is she supports my passion, you know, regardless of what it is. You know, obviously music is my passion and she is 110% supportive of that. You know, obviously she knows I'm supportive of fantasy, but she has to remind me, remember, this isn't real. This is just fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to remind you of that as well. You know, your five years you put in and you only won once, and that was the time when you weren't paying attention. But I just, right. won't, I'll promise I won't bring that up. Yeah, we'll just leave that alone. Right maybe there. a few more times, but I'm gonna win this year. But now, does she hate sports? Is she like she loves a, sports? Okay. you know, and that that's the thing. We have so many things in common, and sports is you know one of the many things. So she loves watching sports. We'll go to the bar and hang out and watch games all day long, um, and. You know, she likes watching the game for just 
the simple enjoyment of watching the game, not you know the fantasy aspect and just the craziness that comes with you know being a fantasy football fanatic. Um, so you know she'll kind of have to reel me in every now and then because I just get so intense. And you know you know you're playing with friends as well, so you're talking trash, you're calling them, you're looking at the points, and it's just this whole madness. Um, so she kind of keeps me balanced, you know, with trying to just enjoy the game with you know also playing fantasy. But this is not something that becomes an issue in your relationship. Oh, no, no, not at all. Have you ever been in a relationship with with a woman who like just couldn't understand the whole sports thing and just I have. And, and how did that affect your relationship? Um, it affected our relationship in a big way. You know, I mean, I think at that time, there was just a lot of things I realized we didn't have in common, <laughs> you know, and sports was one of them. <laughs> and uh, and music, you know. Yeah, they supported that I was, you know, I love music, but they didn't support some aspects of it, you know, like the the crazy females and, you know, they're so supportive and passionate. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's it hard to get difficult. it's hard to get excited about the, the crazy <laughs> female fans that are like stalking you and stuff. <laughs> that's not really all that cool. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So there's not too many women that, you know, can really deal and handle that. You know, yeah. it's very difficult. Well, there are more and more women that are that are into sports these days. But I, I've always felt like that was a um, really a relationship issue. You right. know, when if one person is a really big sports fan and the other one hates sports, that could be a real problem because yeah. you're talking about taking somebody's passion away from them. Right. And, and on the other hand, you as the person that's a sports fan um are you have to realize in a relationship you have to care about what the other person cares about to Absolutely. some extent yeah you're right you know what i mean you're right so i'm very blessed that you know she supports my passion we watch games together we'll even go to some baseball games and basketball and football games so it's cool we have a great relationship in that that's regard. good just as long as you don't spend all week on your fantasy team everything will be cool right <laughs> yeah well i mean i got so many other things to do but you know i think for me you know because i'm so busy with music being on the road in the studio recording uh rehearsals writing music touring traveling i mean it's a 24 7 thing you know watching football playing fantasy football is kind of like my escape just taking my mind away from everything else that's going on with music so i i really enjoy it for that aspect okay well I, the last thing i wanted to ask you was um what what is one of your favorite sports memories something that happened maybe it was a a, a win from a team that you had or maybe you were at a, a sporting event live, something uh -huh. that really, uh, tell us about a, a sports memory that really meant a lot to you that kind of stands out in your life. Um, there's been a few. Um, one of the, the moments that really stand out was when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. You know, I was you know, a kid, you know, I think I was still in college at that time. And when they won that Super Bowl, I mean, that transformed the whole city of Tampa. I mean, it was a year-long celebration, you know, because there had been so many bad years, and it, it took a long, long time and journey and process to get to that point. And that and was that Warren Sapp team, wasn't that it? That was that Warren Sapp team, <laughs> mm -hmm. and they had one of the best defenses of all time. And they I actually brutal. became friends with some <laughs> of those guys on the team, so it meant that much more to me to see, you know, some of my friends, you know, reach the top of the mountain. And uh, that was really special for for me and for the whole city of Tampa. Um, so that was truly special. Another one was when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl. Um, the first time with the Indianapolis Colts, I was watching the game in Miami. And um, 
I was glued to the TV because I just wanted to see this guy win because he just deserved that championship. Um, and so when he won and finally, finally got that Super Bowl ring, that was another moment for me that was special. How about that last one, though, with Denver? Oh, that was <laughs> unbelievable. You know, how was that for a mic drop? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the ultimate mic drop. It doesn't get any better than that. And that's what I love about sports. You know, it's a journey. It's a process. They go through this whole season, the off season and the training, but just to get to that point to win that championship that's what you work your whole life for and I relate that so much to music because as an artist you know you're performing you're touring you're recording you're doing all these things and going through the journey and the process and the ultimate goal is trying to get that Grammy award I haven't gotten that Grammy yet but you know I'm gonna keep on working hard and one day I will hey I tell you what breaking through it will it be in contention for this year I sure hope so hey Grammy <laughs> voters if you're out there think about Eric Darius and breaking through Absolutely. as it becomes time to uh, start to vote on those things. You can see Eric on the cover of Music Industry Quarterly magazine looking super handsome. You're very stylish, too. I really <laughs> like... Is, is Lynn dressing you or are you dressing yourself? I've dressed myself from day one. Hey, well, don't stop because you're doing a fine job. <laughs> Thank you. Breaking Through is his new release. It's available on Apple Music and on iTunes and we'll be cheering for your fantasy team to make it. And I'll be checking on you and probably harassing you just a little bit, too, because... That's what friends do. That, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Absolutely. Darius, our special guest this week on This Lady Loves Sports. Thanks he, for having me. He loves them too. Yes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.